Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 13. Let's talk about everybody's favorite subject, the government. And before we get into that, let's remind ourselves of where we are. We have seen so much in Romans about the gospel. We're not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, for in it, a righteousness from God has been revealed. And then in chapter 3, that righteousness is revealed through Jesus Christ, our atoning sacrifice, and we receive that by faith. And now we walk in freedom from the flesh. We walk according to the Spirit. And now we're seeing, starting in chapter 12, what is the application of all this amazing truth? And the headline over all of it is, I'm offering up my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. So that's the headline over everything else. And that brings us into chapter 13. We'll we'll kind of look at three different things. We'll start with the government, but that won't be all of it. Um, But all three of these things, they're, they're connected to that bigger idea. We're responding to the gospel and we're responding by being a living sacrifice. Now, to the government. And let's just see what it says here in Romans 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment." So there we see a very clear command that Christians are to submit, to be subject to the governing authorities, and that if you are not submitting to the governing authorities, you do not have ultimately a problem with them, you have a problem with God. And so let's just start there at face value. We are to submit to our governing authorities because God has told us to. And our ultimate allegiance, obviously, is not to any government. It is to God. So we should want to do what God tells us to do. And he goes on to describe more about the government. He says, For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. He is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection. And again, get this, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. And then it kind of closes out with some practical things for because of this, you also pay taxes for the authorities are ministers of God attending to this very thing. Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. And this is a passage where I think a lot of Christians, we jump immediately 
to the exceptions. And as we'll see, I believe biblically there are some exceptions to uh, what is being said here. But sometimes I think we jump too quickly to those exceptions. Just consider again what God is saying here. You as a Christian, as a living sacrifice to God, you are meant in some ways to, to be a model citizen who obeys the government and respects, shows respect to the leaders. And you're doing this not because they're great, but because of God, because you don't want to come across the wrath of God. You don't want to resist God. That is the reason that is given here. And again, I think it's good for us to remember that Romans 13 here, and what we see also in 1 Peter about Christians and the government, these were written under governments that we would say, well, these governments are out of control. These are led by wicked men, and they are, are doing wicked things, and there's, there's no rights for people. Look at all the rights violations. We would not be fans of these governments. But here, the Bible is telling Christians to submit and to honor those uh, who really are in those positions. So start there. Are you obeying the government? And are you honoring your leaders? And if you're like, well, no, well, well, consider what it says. You don't ultimately have a problem with the government. You have a problem with God. So is that just the default of your heart? I want to do what the, the Bible says, and I want to do, therefore, what, what my governing authorities tell me to do, because that's what the Bible tells me to do. Now, are there exceptions to this? Yes. And I think we see clearly in the scriptures, again, our allegiance is to God, and I'm obeying government because God tells me to. And so if the government tells me to do something that God says, don't do that. Well, I'm going to go with God. Or if the government tells me to stop doing something that God clearly commands me to do, I'm going to go with God. Uh, as Peter says in Acts, right, we have to obey God rather than men. Or you think of Daniel, right? When the order is given, don't pray or to his friends. Oh, the order is given. You need to bow down to this statue. They're going to say, no, we are going to obey God. And that's where I think it's helpful. My ultimate allegiance is to God. And so I'm going to obey him and I'm obeying the government, not because of the government. I'm obeying the government because of God. And if those paths part where I can't obey the government and obey God, I'm going to obey God every single time. And that would take courage, I think, and bravery to do that. Now, are there other exceptions? I've heard Christians make more arguments that, well, you know, Christians actually don't have to pay most of the taxes today because th these aren't good taxes. So you should pay the taxes to not go to jail, um, but you don't really have to pay those taxes. Or people making arguments, well, if a government passes a law that's no good, Christians don't really have to obey it. And I find some of those arguments concerning because I think they go beyond what the Bible says. I think if you just read the Bible, you're not going to get to those places. 
of, well, I, I don't think what the government's doing is right, so I don't have to obey it. I would encourage Christians, hey, I'm going to obey the government unless there is a clear conflict between what the government is telling me and what God is telling me. Now, some of those arguments, you also, in our system of government, may have a path forward as well, because you have rights as a citizen of the United States. And if there is a law that is no good, you have rights to challenge that Law And just like we saw with the Apostle Paul uh, in the book of Acts, he didn't always lay down all of his rights as a Roman citizen. There was a time he said, no, as a Roman citizen, I have this right to appeal to Caesar. Or, you know, the magistrates should come and apologize to me because they beat me a Roman citizen. So we do have the option as Christians to use our rights within the government that God has given us. And so some of those things, when we think about unfair laws, there, there may be a godly way to challenge those things because of the laws of our nation, which are clearly different from the laws in the times that Romans was written. But again, what's our default? Well, ultimately it's about God and I am offering my life as a living sacrifice to God. So therefore I'm going to obey the government, not because they're so great, but because I want to obey God. And that should be the default position of our hearts. The next section that we see really focuses on love and it highlights how love fulfills the law. And it goes through things that really are part of that second part of uh, the Ten Commandments that are more horizontal laws governing how we deal with other people. And I think it's making just the, the simple point that if you love other people, you won't break any of those laws. If you love someone, you're not going to steal from them. If you love someone, you're not going to murder them. If you love someone, you won't covet what they have. It's all summed up with, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And that is something that should challenge us today. We've already seen in chapter 12 how offering your life as a living sacrifice to God should lead directly to transformed relationships with other people. And here we see that again, love will transform your relationships with other people and cause you to keep all of the other commandments. So challenge yourself. And as we often do, I mean, think through the different spheres of your life, home, church, work, uh, your neighborhood, wherever else you might have uh, other interactions with other people, are you loving them as yourself, right? Or think of how Jesus put it, treat others the way that you would want to be treated, um, that you want to look at other people that way. And if you really do that, that you are going to fulfill the law. But again, that's going to be countercultural and very much counter to your flesh because you don't naturally want to treat other people that way. Naturally, you want to treat yourself how you want to treat uh, yourself, and you want to exalt yourself above other people. That is not the way of Christ. And so we need to follow his example in loving others. And today, think through the people that you will be around today and think through, am I loving them? And if I love them, I will be keeping all these other commandments as well. The third section in our passage really is a call to wake up. And you see in this call to wake up is very much a call to live in purity. Um, it talks about how the day is coming, right? The hour uh, of salvation is nearer to us now than when we first 
believed, right? That the coming of Christ is is always getting closer. We don't know when it's going to be, but I guarantee you this, it's closer now than when I started this podcast. It is always getting closer. And so it gives us a very clear application. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So even there, we see a variety of things. We see drunkenness talked about. We see sexual sin talked about. We see interpersonal sins of quarreling and jealousy talked about. And as a Christian, we are to put all of those things on away. We are to live in purity. We are to be awake knowing that Jesus is coming back soon. I don't want to be caught sleeping. So if I could highlight one phrase from that last section would be, it would be in verse 14, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. We are to put on Christ. We are a living sacrifice for him. So make no provision for the flesh. And think through that. Do you struggle with drunkenness? Well, make no provision for the flesh. Don't even open that door to give yourself the opportunity to engage in that. Are you tempted by sexual immorality? Well, then there are are things you probably need to cut out of your life and make no provision. Don't give an inch in your heart to something that is inappropriate, whether that's just in your mind or something that you watch. No, make no provision for the flesh. Or are you struggling with other people? Don't give bitter thoughts towards them or selfish thoughts towards them any space in your mind. Make no provision for the flesh. So again, think about today. What are you going to be tempted by? Make no provision. Don't walk down a different road if you need to. Intentionally think different things about other people if you need to. Make no provision for the flesh. We are justified by the grace of God through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. That is amazing. And it should transform everything about the way we live, whether that's how we interact with the government or how we interact with other people, how we interact with temptation. Let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.